Man, I'm excited you guys are here with us this morning as we gather to hear God's word and to celebrate and praise the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to forgive me for a second because I forgot to actually mark in my Bible where we're at today. Um, so I'm flipping through pages. Well, uh, there we go. Um, if you're a visitor here, first time with us, uh, glad you're here. I am John Mark. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, glad you're here with us today. Uh, we're in this Christmas season, right? I love Christmas. Uh, always has been, and I'm sure the majority of people will agree this, like it's your favorite time of year. Maybe some of you are like a little grinchy and a little scroogey. You don't like it so much, but that's fine. No judgment, no judgment. Um, but always one of my favorite times. Quite frankly, I love it. I love, I'm a guy who likes tradition. Um, I like all these songs and these stories that are through it. Uh, it's my favorite. Very nostalgic by nature. So you're just going to have to indulge me for a second as I kind of go into this. But uh, there is so much I love about this time of year, right? So we have these traditions. Every family has their traditions, right? Almost every family has those particular things you do. Um, one of the things we do, so for instance, and I'll embarrass my children, the majority of them aren't in here today, so it'll make it easy. Um, but one of the things we do is every Christmas morning, right, we act out Luke chapter 2, the birth of Jesus Christ. We act it out, like for an audience of none, no one's around, it's just us, we're having our uh, time, we're in our PJs, we're acting out the stories, the kids are fighting over which part they want to play, for some reason, like, multiple want to be the baby, um, <laughs> but it happens, uh, so we, we have one of those, it's just for fun, um, I love, like, the poems, because I'm a poem guy, I like those, the poems of this time of year, the songs, the hymns we sing, all of these things, I love them, you know, like, like maybe not theologically accurate, but uh, we read this just the other day, Christina Rossetti's uh, In a Bleak Midwinter. Do you guys know that poem? Like this, this beautiful poem, um, like I said, maybe not entirely theologically accurate, but it does this beautiful job of like framing out the, the temporal and the eternal of, of, you know, the past and future comings of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I love those things. I even love the dumb movies, right? Like the Christmas story, not the Jesus Christmas story, but like the movie, The Christmas Story, is quoted in my house verbatim multiple times a year. And like for my wife and I, we're, that's like our love language is movie quotes. Um, so that's what we do. Like we quote it multiple times. Um, I, I love this time of year. Uh, the songs we sing, right? So from the songs that are a bit of fun and, and nonsense about sleigh rides and snow, right? Texas and snow and sleigh rides. There's no way a sled, sled's coming here. But I love those songs. And then, you know, one of my favorite hymns right now, and this was kind of a, a, a God thing. As I was looking last night, I saw that this was on the, the liturgy. But one of my favorite hymns right now is actually this, this uh, bluegrass rendition of Come Thou Long Expectant Jesus that we just sung. You know, my kids don't really like it because of the bluegrass part. Maybe you don't like it because of the bluegrass part. But um, I can't help but love the lyrics, right? Uh, and it's the providence of God that this sermon or this song was selected before this because, I mean, think about the line we just sung, right? Come, thou long expectant Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our sins and fears, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, 
the joy in every longing heart. I love those lines, right? The, the longing heart. What a perfect word for this time of season, right? Longing. It's one of those words that make you feel it as you say it. What are those called? An onomatopoeia, right? It like describes it as you're, you're saying it. You can almost feel it. There's this, this longing at Christmas time that seems to be wrapped up in all of these toys and these gatherings and the eating that we seem to do, right? There is this, this seems to be this longing for something more, right? Maybe you feel it. Maybe you feel it in, in when you say things like, and maybe you found yourself saying these things like, it just doesn't feel like Christmas right now, you know? There's something missing. Do you remember that feeling, right, as a child? You were so excited for Christmas to be here. And kids, you probably are experiencing this right now. You have this, this excitement like Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Yes, I'm so excited. You know, you're so excited about Christmas. And then it comes and it goes. And you open your presents, you, you eat the food, you gather with family, and then it's done. And it's like the magic has gone out of it. You almost want to, to rewrap your presence and start again to see if the magic will come back tomorrow. You know, we, we eat and then we're hungry again. It seems like this time of year we eat, right? Like, I don't know about y'all, but I eat, unfortunately. Um, and, and it's just this, we eat and we gather and then, and then we're hungry again, right? There's this, this longing that just seems to be, to be built in to, did I just do something funny with my voice? That'll throw you off. <laughs> there seems to be this um, longing that's just built into this time of year. You know, we eat and we're hungry again. We're longing for food and for gatherings and for that joy of the opening of a present to last. You know, a party is, is planned and the guests arrive, the food is eaten, the presents are exchanged, and then you leave. And you're left with that longing sense of, is it? Is it over? Is that it? The lyrics of the hymn this morning remind me of that. Christ is, is our hope and our consolation. That is like our, our comfort, our consolation to our, our longings and our desires is what that song is saying. And it's on this idea of longing that I wanted to reflect this morning. And what better way to do that, right, with, with the song that we just sung, but also with two more songs that we find in scripture. One is the song of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and one is a psalm. And both do the same thing. They're reflecting on and giving thanks for what God has done and longing for the completion of his work. And so with that, let's dive into the word this morning. If you have your Bibles, the Gospel of Luke is where we're going to be. We're going to be in chapter 1, and we're going to look at the song of Mary, but I'm going to give you guys a little bit of context. So we're going to start in verse 39. It says this, In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to the town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting from Mary, the baby in her womb leapt. And Mary, or and Elizabeth, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, 
When the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believes, believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And then Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on, my, on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown the strength of his arms, and he has scattered the proud in their thoughts and in the thoughts of their hearts. And he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Let's pray and then let's dive in. Father, we thank you for this time of year. Father, for the celebration and reflection upon what you have done for the work of Christ that began in the manger and that ended on the cross. And now he sits, work completed at your right hand. Father, I thank you for this time. I ask that you would open our hearts. Let us hear from you in your word this morning. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so first song, right? Mary's song. What a beautiful song. I love, I love this song. It's, it's often titled the Magnificat, which is literally just the first line of these verses in Latin. My soul magnifies the Lord, Mary said. My soul magnifies the Lord. I wish I could just make that first line like the theme and song of my heart and my life every day, right? Whether it's in parenting my kids, my soul magnifies the Lord or whether it's in preaching, or um, in, in uh, teaching, or eating, or drinking, I wish that it could all declare, right? My soul magnifies the Lord. It's not the direction of the sermon, but it's, um, what a goal, right? So this song that Mary sings, she, she's bursting into song, right? And this is concerning all that's happened, right? And you know this story well. If you grew up in the church or been around church or watched Charlie Brown's Christmas, you know this, this story that's happening. This song that Mary is singing is concerning the announcement that has been made for her, right? Back in, in Nazareth by the angel uh, who visited her. The announcement was that Mary was to be the mother of the Messiah, the Son of God. And having heard this announcement, she went with haste, right? She went quickly to see Elizabeth, her cousin, right? Uh, this trusted friend, advisor, uh, confidant, someone who could maybe help her, her process all that had happened, all this big news that had unfolded. And then she arrives, and she's already probably overwhelmed with the position she finds herself in, right? This, this um, intense, dramatic situation, right? This young a uh, young lady, this young teenage woman now finds herself uh, pregnant uh, and this, this messenger has arrived and, and she goes to see her cousin 
and she is met there with, with a blessing, right? A blessing from Elizabeth for um, she was not alone in her visitation. For as we can see in, in the previous chapter, uh, or earlier in the chapter, you can see that Elizabeth and Zechariah also had a visit of their own, and they too were expecting a son, which was John the Baptist. And that baby, along with Elizabeth, you see, are, are now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as Mary approaches, jumping for joy and excitement at the approach of Mary. And so imagine what must be going through, through Mary's head, right, in this moment, this angelic visitor and message that she was given, this wonderful but surely terrifying news, and now this expectation and fear of this coming pregnancy and, and child, and then add to that this unexpected blessing brought on by the Holy Spirit from her, her cousin uh, moving in her, right? And so out of, out of all of that, she replies and bursts into song out of her joy and faith in God, out of, out of her longing and hope, out of her awe of who God is and what he has done and how he has blessed her, she sings, and she sings this song, right? And this song, uh, the text of this song is so deeply personal. You can see it, right? My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices. He has looked on his humble servant. He has looked on me, and all generations will call me blessed, right? So you have this, this very personal song of what she is feeling, dealing with, how God has blessed her, but it's also, if you see, very biblical. And it's biblical in the sense that Mary quotes from and borrows from the Psalms and from the Old Testament. She seems to model the whole song, right, on, on Hannah's song in, in 1 Samuel. You can see this similarity and pattern unfolding between what Hannah sung in, in 1 Samuel and what uh, Mary sings now, and then over and over again, she's pulling from, the, in, in this, this short song, she's pulling from the Psalms, right? Four different times she pulls out uh, of the Psalms and out of just her knowledge and love for, for the Word of God, um, she, she sings. And so you have this deeply personal but deeply biblical um, and applicable song. And brothers and sisters, uh, a side note, right? Just what a place to be that so um, consumed by the Word and so uh, studied of the Word and um, consumed by it that in her joy, the Word comes out and she glorifies God in it and through it. And so you have this, this song unfolding and you get to verse 53, and this is really where I want to spend my time, and this is, this is out of one of the references from Psalms is where I want to spend my remaining time this morning. Verse 53, if you flip over to it, it says, He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. And so he has filled the hungry with good things. This is a, this is a quote pulled from Psalm 107. In verse 9. So if you could, I know we started here, um, and we're going to use this as a base, but if you could flip back over to Psalm 107, verse 9. It says this, he, 
He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. That's what she sings. And this is not nearly, not, not merely a, a mortal hunger, right? This is not uh, the normal stomach pains of hunger, like she, she had a long trip and she's craving a Big Mac, right? This is, this is, uh, this is true hunger. This is not, this is not the word... Uh, merely for uh, uh, stomach hunger, but rather the hunger she is talking about is the hunger of a human heart and soul. And so she pulls this from Psalm 107, verse 9, and it says, For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. You see, we get a better understanding of the kind of hunger she's talking about. And so with the time remaining, I wanted to give you three thoughts this morning on the hunger of the human soul. First, this hunger uh, of a human soul, this, this hunger, this longing of the soul is a universal condition, right? It's fitting that we just finished up Malachi, and as I was Preparing this, I, I, I saw this difference, and I've been hanging out in, in Psalm 107, and I saw this comparison. But Psalm 107 uh, was actually written right at the same time and for the people of Israel as they're coming out of this Babylonian exile, right? Book, if you look at the Psalms, it's split up into books, and it's split up into these, these sections. And this last section is really these, these songs of, of the people after the exile. And this one specifically um, was a song of, of pilgrimage, right? These songs who have been, uh, this, this song was sung for those who have been through much and are looking forward to much, but they cannot um, set their hopes on anything other than God, Right? This song is, is a reminder of the hardships that have come out of the time in exile. These, these toils and snares, to steal a phrase, that these people have suffered in under captivity. It was to remind the people of God um, and who he was in their wanderings, right? Um, that this is not their native land, but rather it is God who gives them what they need. So if you look back, uh, through the whole psalm, you're going to see example after example in Psalm 107 of the same thing, right? It tells of people looking for and hungering for something, but ultimately cannot find it apart from God. And so flip back to verse 4 of 107. It says, Some wandered in the deserts, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted within them. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by straight paths till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. You see, what, what's happening here is they are wandering, right? Searching for something to fill them. And freed from captivity now, they're looking, okay, maybe it's this home. Maybe it's the rebuilding of the temple. Maybe it's all the things that we just covered, right, in Malachi. It's all those things. But ultimately, it is none of those things that they're going to find fulfillment in. Rather, it is God who fills the hungry soul. 
You see, they are wandering, looking for something. Their hearts are hungry for something. And this is true right for us, right? We were, we were at uh, Memorial City Mall last weekend, and I don't typically go to malls, but we ended up there. Um, and we were walking through, as I was walking through the mall, I saw advertisement after advertisement, right, that were pushing this very thing, right, that uh, find your fulfillment, over and over again, ad after ad that was just hanging in windows. Find your fulfillment. This thing will satisfy your need. This, this product will do this. This makeup will make it. This clothing, you should do this, do that. It's all of these things. Some were more subtle than others and some more obvious, right? Like this one that stood out to me and I, I commented on it to my wife. It literally said, everyone wants to be beautiful. Give them the gift of glam, right? Gross. <laughs> Um, I, I, I saw that and I was like, I want to leave them all. I hate them all. But you see, right, uh, right there, the, the psalmist is agreeing. He's saying all these people are wandering, right? They're hungry and thirsty people. And they, they don't, um, they don't find what they're looking for in the world. They are a restless people. And so you can see example after example in Psalm 107. They, they sat in darkness. They um, were foolish in sinful ways. They went down to the ships in the sea and were like a tempest, uh, or like tossed in the waves like a temp- by a tempest. They over and over again looked for things and looked for ways to fill, but nothing satisfies the hungry soul apart from God. I think anyone who has lived a day on this earth will have at least a glimmer of understanding, right, of what I mean. Hunger is a condition of every human soul. The psalmist says what what Mary is saying in her song, that fulfillment, that satisfaction comes only through God. And he's saying, he fills the hungry with good things. And so this this hunger is a universal condition. Which brings me to point two, that only God can satisfy our hunger. The human heart is, is hungry and it thirsts, the psalmist says. But it can only find eternal satisfaction in God. It is in him, he is the one who fills the hungry with good things. To butcher a St. Augustine quote, right? the, The restless will only find rest in God. And you see, it was in joy that Mary and the psalmist both proclaim it. It was in joy. This wasn't laments. This was a song of the pilgrims freely leaving and returning and seeking after God. And this is Mary proclaiming out of what God has done in her life. These are in joy. These things are being proclaimed. It is only God who can give good things and fill the hungry soul. And so if, if God is the satisfaction of our hearts, uh, and of all hearts, and we on earth are all in the same boat, right? We're all singing with Mick Jagger, right? I can't get no satisfaction. If that's the case, then why are we not running to God? In a word, 
sin. You see, sin has corrupted our hearts and turned them against God. What a truly horrible evil that sin is. That the one remedy to the empty longingness of our, our hearts is what we are running from in sin. You see, it will look for satisfaction in anything and from anything but God. You see, bro- brothers and sisters, our hearts are actually, from the moment we are born, full of, of enmity, right? That's what Paul says in the New Testament. Enmity or, or hatred towards God. You see, the human heart on its own is so full of animosity to God um, so that our, our natural thoughts, our natural desires are not of God nor of the things of God, nor are they thoughts to submit to him or to give him honor, but rather we're just like Adam and Eve. Way back in the Garden of Eden, we would rather choose to believe the lie and go our own way and seek satisfaction in anything other than God. And that might be a hard pill to swallow, right? But the reality is, the human heart is sinful. If you need more proof, look at the world we live in, right? We're in a, a very modern, live your truth, follow your heart, follow your passion kind of world. Everyone is looking for what satisfies the longing of their hearts, and we will find it in anything, even if it's just this temporary moment, this temporary fix. We are prone to this kind of thinking, that if I just have this, or if I just do this, or if I can just get this, then I'll be content. Then I'll be satisfied. Maybe that's in relationships, right? Maybe it's, okay, if my husband would just love me like this, or my wife would just treat me this way, then I would be content. Then I would be satisfied. But listen, brothers and sisters, if we look for satisfaction in anything other than God, we will be disappointed. Your spouse will never be everything you need to satisfy the longing of your heart eternally. They will never be enough to quit the hunger pains of your soul. God is the only one that truly satisfies Mary throws out this idea right in the, in the follow-up of that verse that um, the rich are sent away empty. She gives this comparison that the, hunger, the hungry are filled and the rich are sent away empty. And this is not merely talking about wealth, right? This is not this kind of wealth, but rather it's this idea of self-satisfaction, right? It is this unfortunate state where you are unlucky enough to be blessed with things that can distract you and distract yourself long enough that you forget the hunger in your soul. And so you are rich with stuff and rich with things and you find just enough satisfaction to make you complacent. Satisfied, to satisfy the lung, longing in your heart Put it another way, you might have just enough stuff to make you comfortable with the longing and the hunger. 
But you see, nothing will satisfy completely but God. It is God, Mary says, and God, the psalmist says, who gives you good things that satisfy the longing and fills the hungry soul eternally. And that's the paradox we live in, right? The paradox of plenty in America. We have so much stuff and so many things around us and people around us. And the holidays can feel this way too. There's just so much. So much plenty, so much stuff, so much things. We try to cram everyone and everything into the vacuum of our heart, hoping that we will fill it. We live in such an age that wealth, and like I said, I don't mean just money, but everything seems to be at our, our fingertips, right? Entertainment is available, ready to distract. Any movie, any Christmas movie or otherwise, you want to watch is just a few moments away. You can get on Netflix or Hulu or whatever and find that lifetime movie that you want to watch that'll make you get teary-eyed, you know? Uh, it can be any of those things. It is right at our fingertips. Yet people are so easily bored and empty. We have more connection than ever via the internet and smartphones and, and the ability to drive long distances or fly long distances and be reunited so quickly, yet reports of loneliness are higher than they've ever been. We have so much more money than ever before, but yet we are constantly wanting more, newer, and better. We are constantly looking for ways to satisfy the emptiness and the longing of our hearts. And so much so that we spend our time on those things that leave us empty and still only full of longing. C.S. Lewis says it this way, that we are far too easily pleased. In illustrating this point, he says that we are like ignorant children who want to go on making mud pies in a slum because we cannot imagine what it meant to be offered a holiday at the sea. You see, we have convinced ourselves that God in his, and his word are only trying to rob us, rob us of joy. In sin, we have deceived ourselves and say that his word is only trying to, to rob us of joy, and so we settle for mud pies. We settle for the easily attainable, yet not satisfying in the slightest eternally. We settle for a person or a material thing that will fill our longing hearts, even temporarily, when in reality, it is Jesus Christ who fills the longing soul. And so the final point, it is Jesus who fills the longing soul. Jesus is the only answer to our longings. This is the, the hope and joy of Christmas, right? This is the song we sung a few moments ago, that he is the joy and the fulfillment of our longing and desire. He is the one. Look over, if you have your Bibles, flip over to John 4, 14. You see this longing that Wesley wrote about in Come Thou Long Expectant Jesus. 
Um, it is Jesus who fills the longing heart, the thirsty heart. And so you have this interaction in John 4 between the Samaritan woman and Jesus at the well. Right? And in 14 he says, But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, Christ is talking to this Samaritan woman who is looking for her fulfillment and her satisfaction in, for that longing in anyone and anything that she could um, find. And when confronted with this truth, she responds in joy. And she has been con, con, uh, confronted with Jesus Christ who offers her living water for that thirst and that hunger that she is feeling and trying to find fulfillment for, she now finds fulfillment in Christ Jesus. See, that's, that's the message of Christmas in this meandering story that I've told today, right? Um, this, this feeling at Christmas, this, this longing that we have, it is found and fulfilled in Christ Jesus. He alone offers the living water that quenches the thirst of a dry soul. You see, there is a deep longing in our hearts. Our souls are hungry and thirst, and yet we cannot find the answers on our own. No amount of Christmas parties or presents unwrapped, no amount of relationships you have or things you buy will fill the emptiness of the heart. It is Christ alone. And so we have that song, and Christ came, and in the manger long ago, and he came to fill the longing hearts. If you flip over to John 5, 35, just one page over, he says quite clearly, I am the bread of life, and whoever comes to me shall not be hungry, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. You see, he is saying, I, I am the only satisfaction that will guarantee last. We fill our hearts with so many things that are not eternal. Looking for answers when we just need to cling to Christ. And so the question is, right, what, what are you longing for? Now, if you are not in Christ this morning, obviously you are, you are looking for everything and the answer is quite clear to cling to Christ, to run to him, the bread of life, the living water, for he will satisfy your soul. But brothers and sisters, if you are in Christ, I, I want to challenge you to seek and to, to pray. What, what are you longing for? What are you filling your heart with apart from Christ? That's been the 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 lesson in my heart this week is what, what am I longing for? What am I putting my hope and expectation in apart from Jesus Christ? And so that is the, the question for you. If you find that you are putting too much hope in your relationship, too much hope in the statement of your bank account, too much hope in the connections you have with your family, too much hope in whatever, if it does not end with Jesus Christ, then you are putting your hope 
and something that will not satisfy the longing of your heart. You see, remember, our hearts are corrupted by sin, and we will never long for what is right apart from Him. In the Beatitudes, Jesus declares, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I guess the question is, what are you hungry for? What are you thirsting for? The, the call is, come to Jesus and be filled. You see, seasons come and go. Like Israel in captivity, we seek a home that is not our own. We seek a home with God. Nothing else will satisfy. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I would ask that you would reveal to us where we put our hope and trust. Father, Father let us find our satisfaction in you and in you alone through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, the call is not to long for the right things, but the call is to cling to your son, Jesus Christ. Your word says that you will give us a new heart. Father, give us a heart that longs for you. We pray this in the name of your son. Amen.